Welcome to Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer, the podcast that will increase your enjoyment of craft beer and the people who make it, or you're really not listening long enough. Yeah, that's right. On this episode, we go from grain to glass with the creative team from Black Horizon Brewing Company in Willowbrook, Illinois. We bust a beer myth regarding dark beer, and we shine a harsh spotlight on bad customer behavior. Somebody, God forbid, they mislabeled my co-host. I'm beer drinker at Hellraiser Brian Noonan. With me, as always, she is the femme fatale of fermentation. She is the baroness of brews. She is the high priestess of hops. She is, of course, the co-owner and chief everything officer of Exit Strategy Brewing Company in Forest Park, Illinois. It's Catherine Vallow. You like that new one? You are on literal fire. Like I'm. You like that new this descriptor? Is, things are happening. Yes. Hey, buddy. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. Now, Did you hang on, wait, I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Did you know that you can um stream this so you don't just have to listen to your soothing vocal tones? You can watch this unfold before your eye parts uh on Spotify and on the YouTubes. I did know that, and I've gone back to audio only. Sure, yeah. Just because okay, yeah. I don't no. like the, sure. to look at myself. But yes, you are right. That's but other what I was people going might to want to see us. I've had people tell me they enjoy watching it because God, that's great. we're a visual medium. We are a visual Speaking medium. of visual mediums, you're probably thinking, well, there's two people at the three people at the table, only two are talking. Let me introduce our guest Please real do. quick. Don't, let's not be rude. I, no, let's not be rude. Alex, Alex Stankus is the, one of the co owners and the head brewer of the aforementioned Black Horizon Brewing Company in Willowbrook, Illinois. Hello, Alex. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I was hoping I was going to get a really cool wrestling introduction as well. <gasps> But well, listen, maybe, okay. maybe next time. Nope, that's all right. All right. We can wow. go ahead. We're gonna see if you would put that. If you would, I would have come up with something. You know what? Cody, right now, Cody, you have a mic. Can you do an off mic? Uh, can you give us a wrestling introduction for Alex? Or can it be Monster Trucky? From parts unknown, hailing from the tiny island of Tonga, weighing in at 225 pounds, he comes to you, the AWA title holder and the only champion to ever come out of a brewery in Willowbrook, Illinois. There it is, there it is. Please welcome the five-time brewing champion, Alex Stankers! Love the it. The Stank Monster. And I'm glad you got the 225 part right, too. That, right? Was, that was spot on. I used to work at the carnival. A lot of people don't know that. I never Excellent. lost a stuffed animal. Excellent. Thank you. Well, we're glad you're here. Uh, we always start out by busting a beer myth. Now, uh, because I am, unlike you and Catherine, I am not an expert in beer. I've just been drinking it since I was a wee lad, and I've heard things growing up. This I've heard, and uh, Catherine and Alex, maybe you can dispel this. When it comes to dark beer, stouts or something, they're heavier. Everybody, oh, they're so heavy. And they have more alcohol. This is one of my, like, pet PV beer myths. Um... I hate this one. Um, I, I can't stand this one. This one really, it just like gets right under my skin and just burrows like an like a angry tick. Wow. Um, I know. This one's rough. I don't like this one at all because I am a dark beer lover. I love dark beer. Um, so I think the first thing to bust is using the word heavy. heavy. There is this weird connotation. We're like, dark beers are so heavy. Do people and mean that like syrupy? What do you think? Here's the thing. It's just not the right adjective to use for beer in general, but they think color-wise, right. 
Okay, so the darkness is going to make that beer sit heavier. It's going to make it feel heavier, these things. These things are not true. Dark beer gets its color from one source. Alex, pop quiz. And that is going to be the malt. Oh, yeah, there it is, look right? At that. So what we like to say to bust this beer myth, like, if we want to do it real quick, we can talk longer about it. But like what I do when, when anyone comes in, they're like, oh, it's so heavy. Can't drink it. It's so heavy. It's just it's this and that. Do you ever drink coffee is my first question to anyone who will be like, I, I just can't with dark beers. So heavy. No, I've, I've bought coffee every morning. Okay, so you are ingesting a roasted bean into your body that way, and now you are ingesting roasted malt into your body this way. There is really not a whole lot of difference. Okay, fair that's, enough. I mean, that's the first, sure. like, my, the first part of it. The second part of that beer myth uh, is dark beer being heavier in alcohol yes. than lighter beers, which, I mean, you guys can speak to. It's, that's not true even yeah, absolutely bit. i think that's the biggest common misconception with anything dark yeah is that is that color perception that it's dark it's heavy it's going to be just roasty and you know thick but we get a lot of times it's one of my favorite questions asked when somebody comes in especially as we're fall, going into fall winter uh darker beer season is you'll have somebody that comes up to the bar and says i like a heavy beer like a guinness like a real heavy beer, like a Guinness, <laughs> like a and like four point five alcohol, yeah, or four point two, like water, and yeah, Guinness, heavy yeah, Guinness beer. yeah. So I mean, that's one of those ones. I go, well, then you don't want a heavy beer, no. you know. That's not what you're looking for. Um, but it's that common misconception of color and and just the style because we love doing dark beer that's sessionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Black Pilsner, Schwartz beer, all that stuff is phenomenal. Easy drinking, light, crisp, low ABV. So it's kind of fun to kind of bend that style because people see that. They're like, ooh, it's just so dark. And then it's drinking like a lager. Are people confused because they hear so much now about barrel-aged stouts? 100%. Which are heavier. They're way high in alcohol. They all Uh, taste like soy sauce after like 10 sips. Sorry, they do. Right. Every single one of them. Wow, hot take. It's really hot. hot I told take. you I was a little bit. I'm a little fiery tonight. Hot I apologize take. in advance. But so, all right. So, how do you then, other than what you said, and uh, you guys educating people when they come to the bar, we can't break this myth, can we? I br- I believed it when I was a kid. Like when I was. 18, 19. But you broke I it yourself. I looked at Guinness, yeah, and I was friend. like, oh, that can't be. Now I drink Guinness, you know, just between beers as a chaser. Sure, sure. Because, again, you're looking at a beer that is dark in color. Right. But clocks in at 4.5%, which. Nothing. Generally now is, I mean, that's lower than most American pales. It's lower than most, hell, it's lower than a lot of lagers. Like anything under five now yeah, is really something. But we continue to see the trend in the industry of lower alcohol beers being more widely consumed. So keeping our dark beers low, I think, is, is important. All right, I'm just teasing Cody because he had a big thing today. And Alex, you're, you're here for the uh, inception of this. Cody was going to put a big clock on so that I knew how to keep us on time. All right. And yet the clock uh, timed out, so it's been blank for the last, like, five minutes. Right, which means so, we're now completely so that's off, fine. that's fine. That's all, right. all right. Yeah, it's, listen. It's True Cody professionalism is you got that mental Cody clock, is right? a perfect, yeah. It's like, okay, we've busted the myth. So, as we wrap that up, no, all dark beers are not heavy. No, uh, and, and absolutely really not, yeah. All right, so heavy, you said, Catherine, is a bad adjective, which I agree. Alex, what would you use as an adjective for... 
like a dark beer that is a little higher in alcohol, a little stronger than, like you said, a Schwartz beer or a, a dark lager or something or a Guinness or something like well, you that. You could say richer. You could say a richer mouthfeel and stuff because alcohol is going to give you texture the higher it goes as far as ABV and stuff. Um, but you could also make a, a relatively richer low ABV beer. Just depends on kind of your recipe design and stuff. But I'd say probably richness, heavy. Well, I, I'm going to say heavy now that we're talking about it yeah, so much. It, but uh, it. you know, bigger, bigger <laughs> mouthfeel as far as that crazy. goes. Um, but yeah, I'd say probably richness. Okay, it's a good one. Good. It's a really good segue one. away from heavy. Yes, richness. Yeah, is good. which because I think. Heavy itself has a negative connotation, just as it like as a general word. Sometimes you're like, yeah. no, I don't want. Right, because you're just things, then you get right? logy. It's like the you right. get the beer sweats instead of the meat sweats. Right, you don't want to be like groggy after your. Beer. Yeah, an imperial stout can be heavy. A barley wine can be yes. heavy. A wheat wine can be heavy, and that's because there's just a lot of alcohol and weight behind those beers. True. Literal actual grain weight. Yes. Like actual weight of grain. <laughs> Right. Well, let me reintroduce our guest. Alex Stankus is here. He's the co-owner and the head brewer of Black Horizon Brewing Company in Willowbrook, Illinois. Uh, again, we're glad you're here. Um, so much to learn. But I know, Catherine, would first the conversation you guys want to have, because this is where I am woefully in, inadequate in the beer conversation. I have zero ink. <laughs> and you and Catherine are very well and Catherine was admiring your ink what was your first tattoo uh back of my arm I, it's uh of course it's gonna be a band tattoo sure, as a yeah. musician because right I was now. 18 years old and angsty and all of that so <laughs> we had to make sure to follow the normal tropes and stereotypes and that so. okay been a collector ever since uh like more of the American traditional work just because I know I'm gonna get real uh wrinkly and old and I like being in the sun when I can so I needed stuff that's gonna hold the test of time and it really will. That style is such a great, it's just so good when it ages. Like it ages well. I love American traditional. It ages I don't really, know really what well. that means. Please explain. Uh, bigger, bolder line work. Okay. So okay. big, thick black lines are going to keep the ink in there ah, as okay. you age, as the skin gets more malleable and stretches. Oh, and that's that why you see some like older veterans who got the hula girl when they were in, you know, yeah, and in the Navy or and whatever. You can, still, yeah. you can still tell what it is. It's yep. like, oh, I still that I can still tell what that is. Yeah, and that's the kind of popularity of that style is it's going to be lasting because I mean it's on your body forever. Uh, you might as well get what you pay for. Never cheap out on a tattoo. Oh, it's God. a life lesson there. Never. You, ever. you heard it here first. <laughs> kids never if ever. you're gonna commit commit to a good artist think about it for a little bit of time you don't have to think about it for years i mean that's ridiculous but like yeah if you're gonna collect i love that you used the word, used the word collector i do that all the time too i consider oh, yeah. myself an art collector and everyone's like in your home like no on my skin yes yeah no i love Can that I, mobile awesome. gallery what is the, yeah, right? the, the canvas. Work? like the the what is that it's kind of over the tattoo yeah it, it goes it's all a uh, filler just in between it just filler oh, just in between filler? everything okay. and it's kind of like a 1940s 1950s cool. kind of sailor style what is it about the beer industry that attack attracts people who love ink Oh, I think it's just a, a creative industry. It's a lot of people that want to express themselves in various ways, whether it be crazy gauges or piercings or massive beards or a bunch of tattoos. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how you get to work, whether you're riding your fixed gear bicycle or 10 <laughs> speed or anything like that. Uh, Shouts to Will Turner. I also you own on a fixed gear bicycle, so I'll go on the record and you say that I have that. you also have one of those ones with a giant front wheel and the tiny back wheel? No, if I okay. could buy one, I probably would, though. Do you wear a bowler as you go to work? No, no, classic oh, hat guy. Oh. I wear my hat backwards. All right, you know. very cool. Well, yeah, the breeze will blow it off otherwise. You gotta like, right? Yeah, 
Exactly. Right. Nice. Aerodynamics. It's important. It so what brought you to this life of beer? You were, I know you did, you were doing something else before you joined forces with your other two partners at yes. Black Horizon. What, what brought you to this life of beer? I got into uh, beer through kind of gourmet foods. Mm. So I have been in the food industry since about 1819. I was a coffee buyer, tea buyer, chocolate buyer, cheesemonger for about seven, eight years, ran a couple different specialty departments for various grocers, um, kind of went through the industry uh, selling stuff more retail-wise that way, and then eventually kind of went into some buying roles, and I'm a massive foodie. So my whole life has always kind of been around food and beverage and that. And just right around when craft beer was really starting to peak, uh, and I was, of course, of legal drinking age <laughs> and only drinking appropriately that, you know, your, your eyes get open to not, uh, you know, not just terrible beer. Because right. a lot of times my first experiences with beer were always the older brothers or sisters, friends of friends, leftover college beer, which Do was... Do you remember your first beer? No, I don't remember my first beer. I know it wasn't good. <laughs> okay. I know it wasn't good, and it was probably too warm and too old. Um, but I do remember the first beer that got me into craft beer, and that was a New Belgian Fat Tire. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah, and just good. a classic. It's usually Shout one of those out. gateways. It is, uh, it's a great gateway one, isn't it? Because I just remember opening and taking a sip going, "What? Is, there's flavor here. Yeah. There's flavor here. And mm -hmm. it was like, it's like bready and caramely. And I mean, you know, you look at an amber nowadays, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I mean, some of those styles were yeah. so definitive back then because there just wasn't that many yeah, options. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a lot of people's early experience with like different beer was a lot of the European imports sure. and stuff where, you know, skunky flavor was seen as that European flavor. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I never like, and this is not a slam. Heineken was that, that for me, it was like, yep. I don't know why everybody's yeah, all about this. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, it's Tastes like a North American skunk, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not good. But you're right. <laughs> when, with, with uh fat tire and those gateways, that's, it opens your eyes, right? So yeah. once your eyes are open, once the scales have pulled away, and now you're like, there's a world of better of, beer of out there. Flavor, yes, yes, truly flavor. So yeah, that kind of just uh, really brought me into craft beer. I was really fortunate that one of my coworkers um, at one of my jobs way back when was a home brewer who actually had won some contests, competitions, and all of that. He ended up being a neighbor of mine, so we he lived right down the road. Uh, so I asked him one day, I said, can I, can I help you? I've never seen beer be made. We sell beer, we sell wine, spirits, all this stuff, but I've never seen beer be made. And so went over there, started helping him homebrew, uh, kind of just uh, caught the brew bug. I'm very much a hands-on learner. So by our like fourth, fifth batch, or at least mine helping him, I said, let me do it. And if I mess up somewhere, correct me. That's because that's how I learn. I want to go through the yeah. motions. Yeah. I want to feel it all out. So it started that way. I remember coming back to uh, my parents and being like, hey, is it all right if I uh, bring home some equipment to do stuff? And they're like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> so, well, I uh, want to make a little beer. And they're like, well, okay, if you do that, it's not leaving the house and all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drink it as much as you want and this and that. So okay. it was more about just the idea, the science behind it was really intriguing to me. Um, so I messed around with, you know, tons of different recipes and just kept homebrewing for about 10 years before I started truly going into the uh, commercial studies of beer. When it when it got to the point where you'd been homebrewing long enough, do you remember the one that you went, "Oh, I can I can do this. This this turned out really good and I'm I've got a knack for this now." Yeah, there's a couple recipes and actually the one I brought here, the October farce is from one of those old really? recipes. So it has stood the test of time. It That's was my awesome. uh, my football beer, so I brewed it around Oktoberfest season and for the fall and that. The other one was a uh, English porter. 
because there were a couple recipes where people were just like, can I get a six pack of this or whatever? I'm like, well, bring a growler over. I can fill it off a kegerator for you. Or I, you know, I, cause I wasn't doing a ton of bottling. I liked draft and kind of messed around with that. It really is. Good it really Lord is. Uh, that's why I tell every home brewer uh, and aspiring home brewers, learn to keg your beer. You're going to save yourself a lot of time and, and energy and all of and that. Like- arthritis in your <laughs> yeah. hands from the capper and oh, oh lord in heaven yeah no mm-hmm. so yeah a couple different styles but uh that's why i love this beer and i love this season is because this one is actually definitively represents me from like home brewing days that's which is cool. amazing and the fact that commercially we sell it we've been selling it for six years oh, yeah. and that people really love it and tell me it's one of their favorite kind of styles of the season that Makes me feel good. No, I'm kicking myself. I should have brought over more glasses because now I want to crack one open right this very second, which well, I can we, easily stand up and go get glasses, but we'll, we'll have to we'll hit pause on the thing. Yeah, or we chug these and then get to work. Threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so uh, that I, I have had this in the past. I told you that before. Uh, it's it's great. Now you're so when you're going through all this, and you decide, okay, I can. I'm good at this now. I can do it. How do you make the jump from home brewer to being the head brewer at Black Horizon, how where that seems like seems like a pretty big step. Oh yeah, of course. Because when you start home brewing, you make you make beer. Right. I'm not going to say it's okay. I'm not going to say it's good. You make beer, and you know, and, and people look at you and they go, "It's good, yeah, you're, it's, it's nice." Um, so I, I was it's fortunate. literally the face that everybody makes. They're like, "Oh." Yeah. Look at you made a thing, and then you feel like you're in kindergarten with a finger painting. Some days, and other days, yeah. you're like, "This is really fill in the blank good." But yeah, there's then the days where you're like, oh, thank you for your charitable response to my thing that I made at my home. Yeah, it took me a month to make or whatever. Right, so yeah, you right. go you go from making beer, then you maybe make okay beer. And it's just about that refinement and that style and stuff. So I had a lot of really brutally honest friends. And I'd be well, like, do nice. not sugarcoat this. Because yeah. I have tough skin. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Because I want this to be something you would want to drink. So is it not malty enough? Is it not hoppy enough? Is it too hoppy? Like, give me it. You know, gloves off. Nice. Let me know. And some of them would tear me apart. Mm-hmm. But then I go, go back to the drawing board and then can I do it again, you know, with their recommendations and stuff. So that was always one of those things that I aspired to and want valued criticism uh, just from that standpoint. Because it's like being a chef, too, especially brewing is creating a recipe, seeing it through. Does it need a little bit more herbs? Does it need a little more salt? Whatever. And you kind of want to get, you know, your customer engaged with it that way. And you want to be receptive to, you know, how it's being perceived by other people. Because you could drink it all day long in in your home, basement, wherever, party at a friend's house. But when it comes time to being on a, you know, on a shelf, on a bar (laughs) tap and all of that, you need to have your best product and best foot forward and stuff. So did you have a moment? And I asked this only because I remember when we were home brewing, we had a moment where we just like could not stop laughing where like your first friend got tipsy from your product and you were like, Oh my God, it works. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like yeah. We had a minute where I was like, our beer works. Look, he's drunk. Yeah. You could, you could feel it. And sometimes it, you could feel it too much. Cause you're like, yeah, no, that pale ale is actually 9%. Oops. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know, before you're investing in all your hydrometers and your uh, gravity measuring uh, devices and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. So the it works moment is amazing for homebrewers. You're like, Oh my God, yeah, it, it happens. Look at it this. Happens. It worked. It worked. Yeah, so then just through homebrewing, I eventually went to the Siebel Institute of Technologies. So oh, nice. I went through several, several programs of theirs uh, for advanced brewing sciences, master beer styles, blah, 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 blah. You know, just tried to pad out my resume as much okay. as possible for the industry. And then at that time, uh, since I was doing wine sales, I got my level one sommelier certification. Uh, so I've always wanted to just kind of be in beverage. Yeah, so yeah. it was just 
my next level was getting technical, learning things, and, you know, knowledge is power. Had you known your partners before you got involved with Black Horizon? No. No, I did not. It was through a uh, friend I went to high school with, and he had a mutual family friend that kind of was uh, knew a couple guys that they were doing this brewery project. I was already doing my own thing. I had actually purchased an entire two-barrel brew house that I was warehousing. Oh, wow. So I said, if it ever happens, I have the equipment there. It's there. It's locked up. I want to do something really small and grow organically. Um, so I didn't know them, but he kind of brought us together and said, hey, I know somebody else that's doing that some like-minded individuals and some great people that, you know, we could make this happen if we pool our resources. It's amazing. Charles St. Clair and Kevin Baldus, yes. their partners. They are. Uh, they, so, and then you, they were, they were co-owners and then they brought you in and you became a co-owner as well, part of the ownership group. Yeah, that was before Black Horizon. We had that a name was, or anything right. like that. So we started our, our business talks and our legal, yeah. uh, you know, documents and getting that all drafted before we uh, committed to the name and all that. Black Horizon was always like what I had at home on like my little home brewing chalkboard. And oh. it really didn't mean anything other than it sounded like cool it to me. It does sound cool. Oh, it matches so the logo. After, after some trademark checks and that, it didn't really exist. It wasn't out there as a thing. So I was like, okay, maybe we use this name and go with it that way. And then as we became more legitimate and had the business uh, kind of name settled on, we decided to go that way. Uh, we always joke and say that the reason we call it Black Horizon is that every business wants to be in the black. Right. And that's on our horizon. There you so go. we want to sell some beer <laughs> and hopefully make some money. Short, sweet, to the point. There's no lore. Perfect. There's no story. There's no craziness. That's but nice. that was well, that was something, you know, short and sweet. Sometimes yeah. a good thing. We want to make money down the yeah. road. We sell beer, make money. Make money. Sell good beer and make money. The point of a business. Yeah. Yeah, so, you heard it here first. You made the Oktoberfest beer when you were home brewing. What are the challenges then of scaling it from, oh, I was making a couple, you know, a keg at my house, to now, six years later, people are clamoring for it. They can't wait for it to come out, and you've got to have it canned and ready to go. Uh, scaling was always kind of our thing, uh, just getting bigger. We started on a two-barrel system, so we were bringing 80 gallons of beer at a time all day, every day, because we opened... 2017 with eight taps and did we never not have a beer on tap so some of those batches were four half barrels okay and <laughs> you could go through that in a weekend sure. of certain styles and things like that so we truly wow. grew organically our brew house is technically eight and a half barrels now um, but we high gravity into tens and 20s and stuff uh, so we can do a larger what does batch that mean sizes. for people who aren't in the industry uh, just the size of the tank so the high gravity part uh, high gravity just means that we're making a really really strong version of it Okay. And then we're bringing it up to our uh, barrelage level or our gallonage level uh, with dilution. Oh, okay. So we're making a super potent version of it, and you then we're bringing it to our to our level. A little something, a little something, something from that uh, super high octane. Oh, you got to you got to try it. Sure. But that's all that's all sugar water. So yeah, you know you can't really have too it. much fun with that. Never but, mind. You know, <laughs> it's just a style of brewing that works for us for our size because nice. uh, we our capacity is still on the smaller side, even at eight and a half barrels. It feels like. But <laughs> I have to ask you, because I follow Black Horizon, a brewing company on all the socials. I've been there before. You guys have embraced something that I don't see everywhere else. What's the deal with the slushy? Where did oh, the, the beer slushy? The yes. beer slushy. I, I don't see it very often. I, uh, what brought it about? People, I, I'm guessing people love it because you change it up all the time. 
Yeah, you guys have is, a different one all the time. This is pretty much the end weekend for it for the most part. We do it typically okay. through spring and summer because it's weather appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Not too many people are clamoring for a frozen beverage uh, in January and things right. like that. Makes sense. In, in the Midwest. Um, so we started doing the beer slushies because we started seeing some stuff online at some various East Coast breweries that were doing a lot of these like really heavily fruited things before that even really took off, kind okay. of like 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm, we wanted to do it. We were like, that's really fun. It's a, just another way to get people in the door. Uh, it's a cool way to introduce people to beer uh, that aren't necessarily big beer drinkers, if they can prefer a cocktail, a margarita, a frozen beverage, something like that. Uh, it's just a good segue because it's also a diluted version of the beer. You're not getting full strength, right. so you could have a couple of them and still be totally even keel. Okay. Uh, but we love using a lot of uh, you know natural, seasonal fruits, in a lot of our beers, so they translate really, really well to a slushy machine as far as freezing them up. So we're using different fruit juices, fruit purees, things like that with various beers to kind of just have fun uh, and keep it interesting and give uh, our crowd uh, another option. There you go. And they people people like it, right? People they, love it. Yeah, yeah when yeah, we started off on in. the season, we do a new one every single week. Sometimes we'll double down when it's real hot, you know, through uh, nice. July and August. And we'll do different combos, and sometimes and we like to layer them and make too? it look real good. It's got to look pretty for you know sure. the gram and all that. Well, so. Do it for the gram. Yeah. So is that under your responsibility? You you decide what like what beer is going to pair with what fruits and yeah. or just yeah. And I, I usually ask around for ideas. I, okay. I'll have a, a a book of stuff that's tried and true that we've been using for a couple of years, and other things that I, if I have a wacky idea, you know, <laughs> like hey, do you think this would work? Would you would people want this kind of thing? Uh, I like them myself. I just drink them too fast and get a brain freeze. So I have to stay away, you know, because I'm a total, like, icy, slushy person What's at the movie theaters. What's the most theaters. popular one? <laughs> uh, strawberry pineapple lager. Oh. So fresh oh, strawberry puree, pineapple juice, really just with good. our American Light Lager. Uh, during our anniversary party uh, in July, I mean, I refilled that machine probably, like, six times. We had two drums going. So Oh, my God. It was, you know, closer to, closer to 80, 90 degrees, and people are partying all day long. And uh, it's just it's a, it's a great kind of uh, alternative beverage, but you can still have a lot of fun with it. How would you describe your we, – and we've talked about it with, with all the other – the profile, is that – am I using the right yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, like, when you, when you approach what you're going to do, do you have a specific – like, all right, I'm going to lean heavily on this style, or I'm going to do all these styles. Where do you where do you come down on that when you're deciding what's going to be on tap at Black Horizon? Everywhere, all all the things, all the time, or whatever that movie is called. That's the best way to kind of describe us. Is we love seasonal things, we love rotating things. At six years going on seven now, we want to have some core. You need to have brand awareness and a brand established. But what really got us going that uh, in our area people loved was every week. Every week there was something new on tap, whether we were doing just a single six dole or a half barrel of something. So we always love to have a rotation of stuff, but we lean into seasonality heavily. My Oktoberfest only released two weeks ago. And oh, we wanted what? to keep. We, we, thanks for July? not putting it out in July. <laughs> we we wanted to make sure that that was stylistically there and in season because I, I don't want to drink a Martzen when it's ninety degrees. It's one of my favorite styles of beer, but it's we not something that we have talked that, a lot about style pushing um, and how it's kind of like. It's almost messing up brewer calendars yeah, and no, kind of throwing you yeah. off and going, all right, well, we're pushing and we're pushing and we're pushing. And now I've got to get rid of the seasonal sour that I was going to do, or I've got to scrap the lager that I was going to do. Because if I don't get this style out, you know, mid-August, which still seems, you know, tough, then you feel behind in the industry. Because we we're just like, we're always trying to keep up with what's happening. But the sooner we release some of these things, 
kind of the harder it gets to keep up with the rest of your calendar. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, we self-distribute. So we sell our own beer to the marketplace, uh, you know, where, where we see fit and where, you know, the locals want it. Thank so, you, Illinois Beer Act. We love you so much. Thank you. Yeah, we we, we also self-distrust. So we're yeah, like, yeah, ooh, 100%. we love you so support much, local Illinois breweries, Beer Act. Support local you. legislation. Uh, right. But the distributors also, are kind of put, the ones pushing the calendar faster and faster. It's like oh, when really? yeah. it's August and you're seeing Christmas stuff up at yeah. you know the big box stores and all right, that. Right. You're like, it's, it's, it's too early. But I know there's a lot of pressure from the industry because each other major distributor usually wants to beat each other out of the gate. Right. They want that market share fast, quick, early, because they're representing regional brands and stuff. So for us being small, we like keeping it true to season, true to style. Uh, we're small enough that we can kind of flex our schedule. We usually don't have too many contracts or commitments to uh, you know, having to have certain things other than our like Maine Hazy, West Coast, and stuff like that. But for us, our whole thing is a little bit of everything all the time. We like having traditional and non-traditional. How do you then tell your your customer, or have you trained your customers over the six years that they know, oh, don't come in, in in July and ask me for my Oktoberfest. You know it's coming. It's going to come out when it's supposed to come out. Or are they, I mean, I'm sure you get people who are trying you, trying Black Horizon for the first time, and are like, don't you have an Oktoberfest? You go, mm, well, here's the deal. We This is where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of has an idea. They kind of know us at six years and at least the local crowd and kind of what to anticipate on. And our sales rep now is able to go out to the market and tell them like, hey, if you're looking for an Oktoberfest in the season, ours is dropping around this time. Uh, so it's about getting, you know, that kind of contact out there and, you know, making those connections with your uh, local vendors and stuff as well. But people have kind of an idea of when we release things truly because we try and stay true to true to the season for some of those seasonals. Black Horizon is one of the few black owned breweries in Illinois. And one of the things that you guys did was you collaborated with the Black is Beautiful beer that came out. That was It was really good. And I know you guys did too, right? We did. So when, when and it can be other projects, I'm sure more will come out. There, there have been, we've covered it when the wildfires and things, there are all these collaborations. When something like that happens and, and you get wind of it and you're like, yes, I want to participate. I want our brewery to be part of this. And you know there's a, a basic recipe. Do you... How do you follow it? Do you do, you do, do you follow it to the letter? Do you say, okay, I get the gist of what this is supposed to be? And going back to our dark beer myth from before, how do you handle something like that where you go, okay, I've got to be true to what the idea of this is, but I also have to make it, you know, I got to put my own flair on this. Yeah, we've done several iterations of Black is Beautiful and other collabs with all the other, uh, you know, Chicago black owned breweries. Uh, shout out to Funky Town, Moore's Brewing, Turner House, Jay Westbrook, Sam Ross, all those guys, and especially the Haymarket crew. Yeah. They're the ones that got everybody together on a lot of those projects. So we typically would just try and stay pretty close to the style. At least for the first rendition, we did a stout. It was a Ryan Oat stout. Uh, and then the other iterations we kind of had some fun with because we saw people go way left, way right with the style and have fun with it. But that's also what's really creative about just that even one label is everybody was able to kind of do their own thing. And if you're chasing that down, you know, you're going to try so many different representations of it. So you're not just drinking a stout amongst thousand different breweries because right. I think the, the initial launch of it was over a thousand breweries participating in that program. And they did all have... They were all different in some, even if it wasn't wildly different. Oh, yeah. 
They yeah. were they were different. You could tell that each brewer did their own thing. Well, and one of the things about brewing, especially on smaller systems, we find in general in the industry is that if you're given your I've talked about the Lego baseboard yes. on on the show before. So much of beer is just like a Lego baseboard, right? So like once you have your base, then you can just build different structures on that base. Oh, yeah. Um and I think that's one of those things is that everybody is going to have something slightly different because of the way that they individually put their touch onto their product, right? Because like no two hands and no two palettes are the same. So even if you you want to brew a stout, great. I want to brew a stout, great. They're not going to be exactly the same, but that Lego baseboard is going to be the same and we're going to vary it within the parameters of that style and what's appropriate to that style. Because there's guidelines that I mean, there are there are actual like beer style guidelines. Sure, oh, I like, didn't think you guys were just making we, it up on the fly. Everyone makes it I, up. I've, I've been phoning it in for six years, so You've yeah, been doing I've a been, great I've job. Been a great, oh, no, appreciate well it. Thank you. Thank you yeah. Until you well make it, brother. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, hundred percent. It's great. It's great. Right? Just everyone's. We're just throwing past at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Well, it's Sometimes water, hops, and malt. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeast. Oh, see, then I'm off. I would, well, yeast I helps. Would yeast helps a little. It just, just a little help. bit. Just a right, little remember, bit. that's what I'm makes not, the, the alcohol. You guys are the brewers. I'm not supposed to have the recipe. I'm it's supposed true. to just enjoy it's it. True. But All that's right. one of those things that I think is true about beer is that you could give every brewery the same exact malt, right. yeast, hops, but everyone's system is different. Everyone's technique is different. And so that beer will taste different everywhere, even if everybody has a linear line of raw materials. Yeah. But that's what's fun about everything. Water yeah. chemistry. We can get, like, we yeah. can get, you can get way, oh, way yeah. down. You can drill oh, way yeah. down. You can get as nerdy-dorky as you want with water. Those, Which those lectures of, were one of the best at Siebel. Aren't those, I, you know, there are some things that I think we, we could talk about all day long. Um, and you've mentioned life and beverage and, and life and alcohol and whatever. Talking a about life and alcohol. Life that sounds like a great title. It's kind of true, though. I it's love true. it. No, you mean live <laughs> your life. I'd like to live my life in alcohol. Living your life in alcohol is cool because you get to examine the science of it. You get to examine mm. the science of fermentation. You get to examine the science of water chemistry. You get to look at these things and go, all right, so I am not, and again, I've said this before on the show. You should watch the show, everyone. Um, or listen. Or listen, either one. When you live your life in alcohol and you are consumed by the chemistry and the science and the coolness that can come out of the product, you are not drinking to get blitzed. You are drinking to appreciate the craft that went into what you are consuming. And it's interesting to look at the way that all of our different brewers approach things. And, and the getting blitzed is just a bonus. I mean, it sure can be. Again, like especially if it's your buddy's homebrew and you're like, That's you right. know what? This is great. This works. Man, water's just so important. It's so important. Oh, my God. I got into a conversation about reverse osmosis the other day, and 30 minutes later was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. When you're passionate, wow. you're passionate. That's we don't have to talk about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. We'll do, a whole, we'll do a whole water show. We'll just have water lined up. Yeah. We'll do, it'll be great. But that's the crazy part. If you did that, you would taste, you would taste the difference. Sure. Higher alkalinity, higher oh, pH, absolutely. lower yeah. pH, absolutely. salty water, all just that. From, yeah. Just from like I grew up with well water mm -hmm. in the south suburbs. Now I have Chicago water or, you know, lake water. I, you can taste the difference. Um, this is a question that I ask, and it is hard because it's like asking a parent who's their favorite child. I was for the record. Uh, but... <laughs> Good answer. How Thank many you. siblings do you have? I have four siblings. They're all lesser. Okay, so you weren't like the only child who got to be like, I'm no, no, your no. favorite. You're no. the only one I have to choose from. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm the, the oldest? Best. I'm the oldest. All right, high five for that one. Me too. Dude, I'm yeah. the oldest too. Oh, yeah. Try fives. Uh. Before I knock over the mic. Right. Sorry, Cody. So you lose. 
No quad fives I, for you. I'm going to see if I'm going to see if what is on the Black Horizon Brewing website, which is BlackHorizonBrewing.com, correct. is correct. What is your no? No, look and get the notes. What is your uh, favorite beer that you brew? Your favorite Black Horizon beer? Uh, year round or seasonal or ever? Uh, go with it's hard, it's I guess it's pick, you know? I guess it's year round. I'm going from well, what, saying, uh, what gonna, you have. If I'm going to go year round right now, yeah, your core. Your Surfing core. our West Coast style IPA. Okay, well I'm, then I'm a hoppy boy. I'm it a is time boy. to update the website. <laughs> Your website said you like three putt for a par was I, your favorite. I do love three putt for a par. <laughs> that just came out uh, this week. All right. Well, so, and it's your favorite already? It, and it's a hoppy Kolsch, so it's a nice hoppy ah, boy. Very so. nice. Ooh. All right. Very uh, good. But yeah, I'd say just, I, I generally lean towards hoppier things. Okay. If I'm going to drink beer. But you're not opposed to, to brewing things that are not as hoppy because no, you know there's all. some people who. There's only one style of beer I probably wouldn't drink wait, too wait, much. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, this no, is this so is great. It. This Good. There, there's Hold your second right there. Is, it really no, is. No, that's a question we ask everybody. Oh, yeah. The question. hill you'll die on. The one beer you will not brew. Say it. Say Roush beer. Oh, this is a first. I, well, right, okay, because great, I knew great. the answer was going to be different. Why Roush beer? First of all, for those who don't know, what is Roush beer, and why do you hate Roush beer? I wouldn't say hate. <laughs> I would not say hate because there right. are some beautiful versions out there, but it's sure. not something I gravitate towards or lean towards. But a Rausch beer is a, uh, a smoked beer, typically of a, of a German style. Uh, so it's going to be a lot more almost stoutish, uh, Bachish, with that kind of nice peaty yes. smokiness to it. I just, I love smoked vegetables yes. and meats and Please. all that. It's just, I don't want it in my beverage. Okay. Fair enough. And that's 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 it. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You could braise with it. You could do so many other things. But if I'm sitting down and I'm... It's one of those beers you can't have more than one or two of, depending on the level of smoke. It's also a really hard food beer because you can smoke so many different kinds of food. Yeah. But pairing a smoked beer with any food is challenging because of what it does to your palate. I've had it with barbecue. That's the only time. I mean, it and makes I sense. Sure. You're just layering levels yeah. of smoke, which well, isn't right. a bad which thing it, at all. And that's probably the, the most appropriate. I mean, a Roush is great food beer like yeah. that is one of those things that if you're gonna drink a lot of that beer you should be having that with a meal but oh yeah know, with I, a meal yeah i just find it and what would you like, uh, this is a, a silly question i know cody i saw the light but just like all our years on radio i'm ignoring it um so rude <laughs> he's used to it so rude he's used to, we've let's we've worked together for you, can, you, you feel the producer years. vibes over he knows there. It's good. It's he good. knows yeah. I just, what would you <laughs> would you smoke the hot what gets smoked to make a smoked beer the malt so you're taking okay. a, a certain malt, and there's a different tons of different styles of malt that you can you can smoke, and then depending on the wood you use to smoke it, is going to give you different flavors as well. Okay, our last question, another one that we ask every brewer who comes on, a beer that you've brewed, and it might have been people might have been really in love with it. You might have been in love with it, but you're like, eh, I'm not doing that one again. Uh, it's actually one we do fairly often. I would say I have a love hate relationship with, which is our milkshake IPA. Yes, Boom. yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Okay. People love it. Okay. I have no problem making it, but it's right. not something I drink. The reason we're laughing, we, we have asked every brewer so far, what beer, either the, the one you will never brew or the one the hill, that you right. won't do again, yeah, yeah. Milkshake IPA has been mentioned In every, every single episode. Yeah, brew at yeah. every. It's, be, it's because there and was. I, a, knew, I knew you guys did it. Oh, that's and, why yeah. I laughed when when oh, okay, it didn't okay, come okay, up okay, as okay, Rouse nice. beer because right. I knew you guys did them. And I have a pumpkin pie version of it in my tank right now. <laughs> so it's one of those things that we oh. we do and okay. we happily do. Sure, but it's just not like my em. direct consumption beverage okay. that I go to and stuff. But I won't knock it because 
we were one of the ones in our area that was doing it kind of early yeah. and wanted to really do a good version of them because a lot of times you were just seeing these New Englands with just a ton of lactose thrown in there and stuff. So we were always trying to find that balance of sweetness. And we think we have a very tasty one, Sugar Bomb. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just one that we still make. It's not that yeah. we won't make it ever again. It's just one that I typically don't drink a lot of. Very nice. Very Black Horizon and Brewing Company and wonderful. is in Willowbrook, Illinois at 7560 South Quincy Street. BlackHorizonBrewing.com is the website. Alex Stankus is the co-owner and head brewer. Uh, stick around. Well, you're going to stick around because what are you going to do? Get up and leave the table? This isn't the Carson That'd show. awkward wow. and weird. Uh, we're going to move in to We are our... as soon as we ask Alex one last thing and that is oh, how please. can people follow you on the socials? Oh yeah, what are your socials? Oh yes, you can follow us at BlackHorizonBrewing.com um, at Black Horizon Brewing on Instagram. That's the same link to Facebook because those companies own each other. They sure do. Uh, we're, we're done with Twitter or X or whatever that is. Uh, so we, we, don't, we don't do that. Uh, we're on Untapped, so you can find us at Black Horizon Brewing on Untapped as well. Uh, you know, pretty active there. We love people checking in. Uh, and then just come into the tap room. Yeah, come into the tap room. It's, it's cool. Get Even get better, come in, come in person. Can. Yeah, and then come in and have yeah. have whatever, and have an October farce because we uh, yeah we need to open we, one. we need to open them because we do, we need to open one. Uh, they're good. I'm gonna open it because while, they're good because they're good <laughs> because we need to have this because we it's need, good. Because it, listen again, I don't need to know the technical terms. I know. No, people. I just like that the rationale is like, you know why I need this? Because it's, it's good. This is how I He's operate. My, I want to drink wrong. good beer. No, my entire consumption philosophy for everything in my life is because it's good. Right, I don't everything. care if it's a bag of Cheetos what? or if it's going over to Aviary and getting like the greatest cocktail of my life. I'm going to do it because it's good. Trust so, me. I you say the same thing about Malort? I love Malort. Oh, I did a shot before the show. There you go. I love, love Malort. Well, thank you for up. the offer, geez. Uh, when we finish, yeah, actually, well, don't throw. I will parkour this bar and get it for you right now. No, if listen, if I had had this beer before and I was on the fence, I would have left them. Uh, so, yeah, of course, I'm going to have it because it's good, but I'm also going to have it because Alex was nice enough to bring it. And it's a good segue while I pour for us to move in. Now, Alex, please feel free to jump in on this. Uh, every week, we shine a harsh light on bad customer behavior. Uh, and Catherine is the keeper of all the bad stories, but as a person who works with the public, I'm sure you have some input and insight on this. I hear you were mislabeled. I was mislabeled. Real quick, real quick. If you want to grab glasses and pour the Oktoberfest for this part. I do. You, why don't you do that? I can break and make a cut here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the October farce that Alex brought with him, and it's one that you mentioned before. You did when you were a home brewer. Um, it's that nice Martzen where it's that golden it's color. It's color. Very, it yeah. looks it looks fantastic. What um, if people come into Black Horizon Brewing Company, and they should? I don't know why you wouldn't get get to Willowbrook, Illinois. Even if you're out of state, if you're out of the country, Willowbrook, scenic. It's happening. Uh, what? Um, what will people expect when they drink Oktoberfest? Yeah, so the Oktoberfest is really fun. It's a Martzen-style fest beer. So we have fun with it because we brew it 100% like a true German Martzen. The farce is that we finish it with Kolsch yeast. Oh, that's so interesting. So it is not a true German lager, but we do cold condition uh, and finish it with an ale yeast. Right, but you also cool don't yeast. have to wait a million weeks Correct. for it to yeah, finish, Correct, yeah, we turn this around oh. in about four weeks. So our nice. farce about it is we do a Martzen, but we finish it as an ale style with Kolsch yeast, which is probably one of the closest yeasts that gets you to a lager, mouthfeel, texture, you know, cleanness uh, on the finish. So we 
have all that nice, beautiful biscuit, melanoidin, toastiness in there. It is delicious. Yeah, I think one of the great. things, I mean, I am also a wine human. So like the first thing I do is always like look at the color of just about everything. Oh yeah. We love clarity on it too. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. It's so malty and it's just enough. Biscuity is one of those beer words that I think some people have a problem with identifying until you identify it specifically of like, what do you mean? Do you mean like a, you know, like a, a buttermilk biscuit? No, I don't mean a buttermilk biscuit at all. I mean biscuit in all in, in the very British English sense of like a a biscuit that you can taste cracker style almost, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, I always use delightful. the uh, word toasted brioche for everything because I'm a foodie oh. and I'm a dork. So toasted brioche is yeah, that to- toasted brioche, little light nuttiness. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna get that beautiful caramel and a touch of noble hop to it. But the whole idea is to be really clean, easy drinking, and kind of a sneaky sipper uh, right around six percent. Fantastic. Well, I like that. Prost it's to delicious. being a, a little bit it's nutty delicious. and uh, very biscuity. Toasted yeah, brioche-ness. We love it so much. Prost. Cheers, cheers. All right. Now we must. This beer is so good. It is very good. It's like really good. I'm glad you like. Did yeah, you turn the, your mic on? To My throw mic that is on, yes. All right. Cody's jumping in I'm now. Not just, I'm yeah. just going to yell off mic into the, into the ether of the show. Things hey, guys. Have, I'm on the street over here. Things I'm are taking quite a turn. This is what I'm Alex, we both apologize and thank you for the inspiration for us to go completely off the rails. Um, That's what I'm here for. I'm sorry. Uh, like the other episodes have been completely professional. I've listened to them. <laughs> no, you're right. You're not wrong. All right. Wrong. But it is time, Alex. Please uh, jump in. We are going to, as I mentioned before, the abrupt cut. To I'll get be beers. really upset if anybody can jump in on this one because it means that somebody has done this other places and I don't want what happened to me to happen to other people. What so, happened yeah. to you? This it sounds traumatic. Even, it was traumatic at the time and now it's just part of like the lore that happens here. Most of our stories about bad customer behavior I draw from here because this is this is where bad customers this is where come. I, it's not where bad customers come. That's not true. We love some everybody. The, we do too, except the bad ones. Right, except there every are now some and bad the general ones. public is out in the general public, and they can not always be kind and not always be nice and not always have common sense, and that's fine. In the early days of the shop, um, it was a Saturday night. I had um, two bartenders behind the bar, and I was... Actually, it was one of these tables that we're sitting at right now. I did not tap the table, I promise. Just then I did not touch the table. Um, it was one of these two. And they were in the back of the space at the time. So I was cleaning the tables and I was closing the shop and they were closing the bar. Uh, and there was um, a gentleman that was in here of a generation that is one above me, which is uh, the boomer generation, which is, uh, that's just, it's, they're getting tough. They're getting challenging and that's okay. I feel targeted. You're not a boomer. We've talked about this before. Okay. You're an elder ex. <laughs> I don't like the elder part, but go ahead. Tell your story. I will. I'll sit, I'll sit here. Just, and, you know, I will. I'll be a quiet old man. Great job. <laughs> okay. So I'm wiping things down. And one of the bartenders asks a question back there. Something like, hey, do you want me to do whatever? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Wiping the tables, doing some sweeping, whatever. Guy's at the bar and he goes, why are you talking to her? And the bartender says, well, what do you mean? And he says, never mind. And goes back and he's finishing his beer and I'm cleaning up the tables and these guys are doing the bar. Another different one of the two is like, hey, I'm going to do the drawer. Is that cool? And I was like, absolutely. Do the drawer. Get, let's get it going. Like it's 1159. We close at midnight. Like, let's go. 
To which then our boomer friend says, why are you asking the help anything? And I remember, like, I had a rag in one hand and a bottle of, like, simple green in the other. And I looked up and I go, what? And he goes, I mean, you're the maid, right? The maid in a bar? Right. right. And, he, and I was like, <laughs> no. And I walk over to the bar and I go behind the bar and he looks very puzzled. And he says, well, why are you back there? And my two at this point are like, like grabbing their hands so tightly together that cause to keep from either laughing or strangling one of the two, we'll never know. It's laughing. It was, it was laughing. And, laughing. and I was like, oh, I said, I asked permission first to come back here. And they're right. just dying. And then they've now moved and they're like flanking. Like I had one behind one side of me and one on the other side of me. And this guy just will not let up. And he looked at the taller of the two bartenders and was like, I just don't understand why you are giving the help the time of day and why you're asking permission from this woman to do anything. Back in my day when I fought right. the Nazis, right. women never stood behind the bar right. and they were maids. They were maids <laughs> they were and that maids. was it. What, are you the maid? <laughs> and my guys were like, this is either going to end really funny or really bad. And like, we need to be done with the conversation. And it just continued on and on and on. And we all just kind of sat there and went, we can't believe that this kind of actual sexism is a thing that is happening right now. And it's just like the help, the help, the help, the help, the help. And I was like, this is offensive for so many reasons. Alex, your take. Do maids be, uh, belong behind a bar? <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. All right, good. We love maids. We love housekeepers. We love uh, scullery maids. I like chambermaids to change my chamber pot. Uh, <laughs> Again, any, welcome to 1880. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the I'm maids at Black Horizon, so I, this you know, right. I, so I, so one of the maids. Oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'm so always the, cleaning. Which is what, like, the joke at the end of the night after this guy left and we brought out the uh, malort oh. was like, all right, so your business card now says the maid, or does it say mom, or does it say the help? Like, what do you want it to say? Did you serve him some sort of horrific pie? No, I looked at him, and I go, I'm the owner. Get the fuck out. Wow. And that was, that was I've only sworn at a customer twice in eight and a half years, and that was the first time. What was his reaction? It was reaction? also the first time I've sworn on our show, which my mom is going to watch. No, it's not. Hey. Yeah, it is. Oh, I said shit once. <laughs> twice. Check the tape, Cody. Um, <laughs> well played, everyone. Well played. So, when you when this you, is the content you, you came here them, for. When you told them that, they're like, "How dare you, woman?" It was you real, don't it was, speak to me that way. And like, I've got, I've got more. This one, I don't know why this one was sticking with me this week because I was doing a lot of like cleaning and organizing and stuff here, and all I could think about. Oh, yeah, was you're like, the help. Yeah, like you're just the help. And I was help. like, yeah, I guess because. 99% of business ownership his defense, is, is janitorial work. It's all you're doing is did, did you have two male bartenders that I night? sure did. Of course. Then why are you confused? Shouts to Chris George and Cody Shelley. Shouts <laughs> to my guys. Why do you not see that? As oh, sure, obviously. Obviously, because there were three men in the... No, you're right. You're right. That's Silly right. me. Silly me. And there, there ends our tale of bad customer behavior for this episode. And I feel like this was kind of a letdown because <laughs> no, it was I, a little bit of a letdown. I think it's, it's great. Uh, Alex, have you ever been called uh, the help or the maid? I know you said you're the maid at Black Horizon Brewing Company, but we, you're the head brewer. We don't, uh, we don't believe that. Has anybody ever called you just that guy? Or why are you letting this young punk 
come in, anything like that? Okay. Yeah, this one. Yeah, definitely. I attend bar on Mondays, every Monday, so I'm usually there. And if people uh, don't see me at the bar on, like, Friday or Saturday night, because I try and have somewhat of a, a personal life sure, as yeah. much as I can, even though I'm there all the time. Uh, I used to be there... Uh, me and uh, Kevin and Charles, my other partners, used to solely run the tap room when we first opened for almost two years ourselves. That's the biz, so we, right? you know, people got to know us and see us all the time. But then now that I've kind of moved away from that, just with the need of canning and production and all that, and just more more day to day ops that you know I'm not seeing around as much. But I kind of like being like my own undercover boss because then people <laughs> I get to do my own thing and provide like ridiculous customer service because you know I put on my customer service voice, it goes up a pitch all of that but you know you get you get a lot of unfiltered things so people are a lot more honest and blunt about certain things with that but it's a it happens um not to that degree uh fortunately by us but yeah i mean people people just will be like oh yeah what do, what do you do here I'm like <laughs> oh well I'll, you know I made stuff. what you're drinking. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff. You know, stuff. Things, things they, with beer. They keep you know. me around. But it's fun to have those conversations when you really go at length with yes. somebody and then all of a sudden oh, they're yeah. like, are you the brewer or something? You're like, yeah, and the owner. And like, oh, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden their tone <laughs> oh, changes shit. and stuff. Oh, there's but, number three. Oh, yeah, you, you, right. get to, uh, you get to have that kind of fun, uh, unfiltered experience sometimes. Again, not yeah. to uh, your experience no, and your no, degree. No. I would not tolerate any of that uh, myself as well. And you have to, you know, ride a fine line of, you know, engagement and not totally kicking people out. But there, there are reasons that you remove people. From yeah, the establishment. Yeah, People yeah. need to be removed. Sometimes. Our, th our thanks again to Alex Stankus. He's the co-owner and head brewer at Black Horizon Brewing Company, 7560 South Quincy Street in Willowbrook, Illinois. You can go to blackhorizonbrewing.com. Follow them on all the socials at Black Horizon Brewing. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Join us next time when we go from grade to glass with another fantastic craft brewery. Catherine, what should people do? They should like and follow and share and subscribe all over the interwebs. Uh, we can Two. be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be found on Spotify, which does have a visual platform as well. We can be found on YouTube. We can also be found on Instagram at crafty underscore brewers underscore pod. Um, again, like, follow, share, subscribe. Uh, do all of those things. Please and thank you. And if you are a brewery that would like to join us or you have a suggestion for a brewery that you would like us to talk to, drop us an email, craftybrewerspod at gmail.com. Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer is produced by the one and only Cody Goff. We record it every time here at Exit Strategy Brewing Company in Forest Park, Illinois. He's Brian Noonan. She's Catherine Vow. Any parting words? Two plus two does not always equal four. What does that mean? Nothing. It means nothing, but that's half the point.